One, two, three. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. What do, what do I call you? Gordon. Gordon. Yes. I always thought it was, because you have that kind of name. My name is David Thomas Arquino, and people like to call me David. They call me Tom, but you like Gordon. Well, I wasn't crazy about the name all, all through my growing up years, but I'm stuck with it, so uh, here I am. <laughs> well, that's kind of how my situation was. I'm a, I'm a junior, my dad was a senior, and then, of course, I'm like, well, I'm not going to continue that. And then as soon as my first son was born, I was like, well, there he is, David Thomas III. <laughs> <laughs> so whether he likes it or not, he got stuck with it, too. I like your name. As a matter of fact, my middle name is David. Yeah. And uh, I got that from my um, a good pastor that uh, uh, was our pastor when we were growing, when I was growing up, when I was born. So I got his uh, middle name. Well, David's a strong, strong name. Agreed. And like my first son is David and my second son is Sam. Both strong names. That pastor, by the way, is still living and he's uh, 91 years old. Living down in Florida. The things they've seen. Yes, no my, doubt. My now wife, Christine, her grandmother is 96. Woo. And she's, you know, she's she's in good spirits, good health. Right. Her eyesight, she can't see anything. I mean, she can she can get around, but, like, she doesn't see the details. Right. Just the, the, the big picture. Almost. I'm starting to feel that now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, or I just have decided to stop focusing on the details right. and just the big picture. <laughs> so what's going on? So we, I don't know, I've known you, and I was thinking about this because anytime I do a podcast, I start thinking. And I don't know how we, I guess we met through Matt. Or we met through the salon, and then I found out you were friends with Matt. I think we met through the salon because your salon is in the same neighborhood where I used to live. And then you found out that I was friends with Matt. Yeah. And Matt was... Um, now, how was your friendship with Matt? How did you become friends with Matt? Uh, coffee Buddies. Back when um, Starbucks had a store at the book... Starbucks had a slot at the bookstore in Dewey Beach. Right. And he used to do, what did he used to do, coffee and? Coffee, and we, we were all there at the same time and just became buddies. There was a uh, nice little sit-down area in there where everybody came and just uh, started to get to know each other just by friendly faces, and it all went from there. But didn't he have, didn't he do something there? And it had a title, I thought. Like books and coffee or... Books and coffee, yeah. Books and coffee. Yep. Yeah, if I remember, you used to do that. And then did that kind of begin the cooking class? Didn't you start doing a cooking thing down there? I am not sure. I don't remember that. Um, that's been a few years ago. Yeah. You uh, dumped dump that data already? Yeah. Put it in some space? <laughs> um, yes. Well, I remember he was doing a cooking... It has been a while now that, that that was all going on, but I remember doing. He was doing the cooking class, and he was a good guy. I miss that guy. I uh, I don't know if I already told you this or not, but uh, we were having coffee at Starbucks in Rehoboth, and he said, "Let's go for a walk." So we went for a walk, and that's when he asked me if I would go to um, um, India with him to uh, ride around the country on bikes. And that was the very same trip where he passed. He got hit by a bus yeah. riding his bike. 
Well, and that's and that story is even a little confusing because I don't know if he got hit or if he hit it, or I've heard several versions of what happened, and I'm not really sure it's even important anymore. But yeah, um, he was a big, big void. That's for sure. Um, I love his whole story, especially with my background. Uh, love his whole story. Love it. Love the success that he had in his life. And uh, I love his spirit, man. He was just a good dude. Very good guy. Yep. I'll. Um, I remember when he was. Remember when he won the James Beard thing, and he. I was. I. I don't know. He said, "Come on over or something." And he, same kind of thing. Let's go for a walk. And he's like, you know, I just am petrified. And I'm like, what you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're amazing. You're, right. you're, you're Matt. You know? Right. He goes, I just feel like they're going to figure out I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, even him right. still has that, that right. insecure fear. Uh, yeah, I, I, I um, imagine the years that he spent, um, you know, you're sitting there by yourself a lot mm-hmm. or with people that you don't know. Right. And uh, I imagine a lot of thoughts crept in your mind. It's, it's one of the, the toughest things to have to deal with is your own thoughts. Matter of fact, if you ever watch uh, Naked and Afraid, uh, a lot of those people that do that um, adventure say the toughest thing is sitting out here by yourself. That makes sense. And dealing with your own thoughts. There was a girl who um, was special forces. And uh, her partner got hurt during the adventure, and she was out there by herself, and she couldn't deal with it. She says, I just realized that I need help. So she did it to try to get her out of her cocoon and spend time with somebody, and um, the guy got injured and had to leave. I think I saw saw that episode. Yeah. He got hurt, and then she was like, get me out of here. Yeah. Couldn't deal with it. No. Um, especially being out in like the desert and stuff, it's very creepy. They interviewed her afterwards and she said that was that was why I was supposed to go, was to realize that I needed help. I don't know. I'm not sure I would be cut out. I'm sure now just to jump around a, a slight bit, do you, do you want to tell you want to tell me a little bit of your story? Because you have pretty a pretty cool story. <clears throat> yep. And maybe your part your story will kind of tie into this kind of stuff. I am a former trooper, major crimes. Um, I was in Kent County, and we didn't have a county police there, so um, the state police and the small towns, except for Dover, we were it. And uh, so we were uh, um, wide-ranged in what we did. And my unit was a three-man unit. And uh, it was major crimes. So we handled rapes, robberies, and felony assaults. And uh, most of what walked through the door, unfortunately, were child rapes. And I could not believe that in a relatively small county that child rapes were so prevalent. And I tell you, it really screws with your head in terms of thinking that uh, who doesn't, you, you begin to think, who doesn't do this to their kid? Right. I would go into church and look around and wonder who, who was doing something they shouldn't be doing because it crossed all walks of life. It did not matter who you were. Um, it, it crossed all walks of life. And 
I guess because I didn't have any kids, um, uh, it didn't really affect me uh, to the point where I couldn't do it. It was it, there was a lot of job satisfaction there because the minute the day that you found out about the event, you stopped it that day. The bad guy wasn't going back. Hmm. He wasn't going to be able to reoffend. That very day, it stopped. And Delaware is pretty good at um, uh, keeping the bad guy away from the victim and also punishing the bad guy severely. Uh, a lot of these guys will never see the light of day. <clears throat> and uh, so there was a lot of job satisfaction there. Um, and then I left the state police, went into uh, real estate investment, um, did flipping homes. Loved it because there's a creative side to me. Did you fix them up too? Yeah. Nice. Um, there was and that a, was here? Uh, that was up in Wilmington. Okay. That was wherever we found a deal, but most of them were up in Wilmington. Um, find a deal, be able to use my creative side, fix it up, make good money in a relatively short period of time. Right. So the stress wasn't even compatible to what I had in the state police. And I was making good money quicker. Right. And then uh, the um, I got my license as well, my real estate license. The real estate market dropped like a rock. Uh, I believe that was 2006. 2006, 2007. Yeah. So I'm like, uh, all right, what am I going to do? And I still had a passion for investigations. And uh, I think at the time, Delaware only had one private investigator, and that was up in Wilmington. And so uh, I opened up my own business, and um, I've been doing that since October 2006. Wow. And I, I wanted, you know, I, I, I've talked to uh, business counselors, and um, they were like, you need to focus on one particular thing and get your reputation on that one particular thing. But as a detective with the state police, we, we uh, investigated a wide range of things. And quite honestly, I liked it that way. Uh, you never knew what one day was going to bring. You could be handling a, um, a uh, OSHA accident one day, and you could be handling a attempted murder the next. Um, so I liked it that way. A lot of variety. Yeah. So I kept it that way, and, and I didn't heed that advice, and um, it's worked out for me. I, I do anything from locating stolen dogs to homicide investigations. And you still you do that now? I do that now. That's very cool. That's, um, I, you know, we're big fans of live PD. You know, I don't know yeah. why, but I love that show. Absolutely. I, I watch and, it myself. And... Um, I think that would be awesome. I mean, you know, the investigating and all that. The only part I wouldn't like is just the constantly being lied to by people that are getting, you know, it's either they're drunk or they're liars or they're both. Right. And it's just, I would be, I would become so jaded. And as a cop, you deal with that more than what I deal with it now. Right. And absolutely. Right. Um, everybody. And I'm referring to the live PD. Yeah. Everybody yeah. lies to you. And I, and I'm like you, you know, I'm not in a sense of what you do, but in a sense of, I like doing a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. I have, I just, it's how I'm, I'm, it's just the way I'm cut. Right. You know, I do the, I have the hair salon, we do 
you know, mess with stuff on social media, fly drones, um, podcasting. Someone's asking me, why, why, why podcasting? I go, I don't know. It looks fun. I just like doing it. It's just, How long have you been doing drones? Because I could use that. Um, I've been flying drones for a couple years. I did not get my license. Do you um, uh, film from your drone? Yeah. Yeah? I did a whole, I did 142 vlogs of drone flying in, in Rehoboth. You know what? Because there's, um, there's, there's times where uh, I can't get close enough by a fence, property lines, whatever. And um, in my business, you have to have proof. You can't guess. You've got to have proof. Mm -hmm. So if I'm looking at a car uh, and I need a tag number... Yeah. Uh, and it's 300 yards away, obviously I don't have a camera big enough to, to get that tag number. Fly the drone. See, drone. you could use, um, the problem with drones is it's interesting. You know, I, I went and took this course to get my, dr or my drone license, and um, it was interesting, and I liked the course. I, I needed a 70 to pass. I got a 69. And I was like, you know what? I had to really take a hard look at why I needed this because mm -hmm. all the stuff that I like to do wouldn't be allowed under a drone license. You know, it's it's really about it's almost like taking a private pilot's license, what a private pilot does, and trying to incorporate it into flying a drone. So let's say you were a private pilot and you were going to fly from here to Florida. Right. You know, you'd have to have a flight plan. You know, you'd have to check all your airspaces. You know, you'd have to get permission to fly through these things. Well, it's the same kind of thing that they teach you in drone class, but I'm not flying a drone to Florida. Right. You know, I'm not <laughs> using a flight right. plan. I'm going to go fly it over the marsh and see if I can catch a bald eagle flying around. That's what I want to do. Right. But if I put a picture up or somebody finds interest in it or any revenue is created from that picture, then I'm officially breaking the law. Mm. And I didn't pass the test, and I wasn't really excited about retrying to take the test because I what I do with the drones right. is all, you know, I don't know if it's against the law, but it's not really looked down. That's probably frowned upon. Right. Or do they make drones um, stealth? Because I know that they make a noise, and I can typically hear it when there's one around. I have two drones. I have a one drone is an Autel, and it looks a lot like. The DJI white Phantom drones. You remember the white Phantom drones? They're kind of up on two legs, big propellers that come out. It's it's a nice drone, but you can hear it. It's. I have that drone, and then I have a Mavic Air, which is just this little drone, and it shoots in 4K. Um, it's much quieter, but you can still hear it. I don't know. I'm not sure how you would make it stealth. Without some military technology. If one was inside their house, would they be able to hear it if there was TV going on and whatnot? Probably. Probably. Yeah, and, and the, the other thing is that, you know, you can't be, you know, it's, you couldn't be sitting here and send it on a mission into somebody's house somehow. Right. You know, because you, really the signal would probably be blocked. Right. And inside of a house, they really struggle with the signal. So I'm not even sure... But if, if people were inside the house and I was looking for um, footage outside the house, would the people inside be able to hear it? No. 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 Hmm. I don't think. 
unless it was right by the window. And what's the, um, how far or how close do you have to be to the drone for it to still operate? Well, that's, so that's another thing. Like I had this Mavic Pro and I used to be able to go where the Naval Jetty is. You know the Naval Jetty? Yeah. Where the that building is? Yeah. I used to st- stand there and I used to fly that thing out about a mile and a half. Wow. Maybe even two miles. Wow. These long journeys. But I had clear, unobstructed view of the drone. Mm-hmm. If you start getting, like in my neighborhood where you have a lot of these tall pines and stuff, it starts to struggle. Mm-hmm. If you have a good view, you can go, you know, a couple miles really. But if you if your view is blocked by trees or buildings, it will struggle. And the cheaper the drone, the more it struggles. The Mavic Pro drone was really good. Um, this new Mavic Air, it, it struggles. Now, what do those things cost? Uh, you can get a Mavic Pro for a thousand dollars, nine ninety nine. Um, you can get a Mavic Air drone, which would probably be more for kind of what you were wanting to do. Six ninety nine. So, did you just spend time on your own? Just, I mean, how did you? You went by the, by the um, the, the swamp area a lot. Yeah. Did you ever lose it? Playing around no. with it? No. I I did lose the drone. I lost my Mavic, Pro because I was, um, I was at my house and it I let it take off and it was probably. So I live more like kind of off a of Munchie Branch. Mm-hmm. So I flew uh, towards the ocean and two fields over. So there's the field that's kind of behind the outlets. And then there's the field that's, I think it's actually by the outlets. The crop duster was flying. So I, and I could see in my camera on my phone, the crop duster guy, and I could hear him. So I'm like, I want to film. I, you know, the, 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 the photographer guy that lives around here that does all those famous photography. Yeah. Um, he has a great picture of yep. the spinning turb- the turbulence off the wings of the spray, the crop sprayer. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, I'm going to try to get my own awesome picture. So mm-hmm. I flew it all the way over there and I could see it and I'm taking the pictures, I'm taking pictures, I'm taking videos. And then this warning goes off, low battery. And usually the, the warning will give you, if it's going off, it gives you the same amount of time to get back. Right. Oh, crap. So I went just a little farther and tried to get a few more pictures and then hit, you know, return to home. It flew back and just about a mile from my house, it just said, can't go any farther. And it, it automatically landed. And it landed in about an 80 foot oak tree, I think. I haven't, I've yet to see this thing. Mm-hmm. But I saw it come down, you know, through the camera because the camera looks down, is it? And it goes right into a tree. And I can see it on my GPS, so I, I'm over there, but I can't find it. It's too high up in the tree. So I did lose that one. But all the other times, and I did, I shot 142 vlogs with this drone, and I never, never had any trouble. I love that drone. Does it also shoot at night or no? It does not shoot at night. Okay. But, you know, when I was, when I did this class on the drones, the guy that taught it is was the pilot for the Delaware State Police. He, um, you probably even know him. I forget Ham. Maybe his last name was Ham. Maybe, but he was, you know, he was a nice guy. But he was telling me that they were doing courses out in Arizona with these drones with FLIR cameras on them. You know that shoot, you know, um, moisture content, heat, all these different things. You know, checking for f- uh, hot spots and fires, 
you know, dead bodies, you know, people hiding in the bushes. So they, they're they outfitting these drones with these FLIR cameras. Is that what it's called, FLIR cameras? Mm-hmm. So they can see these people. Now, I doubt, you know, this is probably a much bigger drone. I don't know if you know Rob Waters. He has W Films. No. He's got a great Inspire drone. I mean, when that thing takes off, it takes off and then the body just drops down. So it's unaffected by rotors and all this stuff and it's got interchangeable cameras he's local yeah but that that that's a you know that's a big drone it's making it's not quiet <laughs> and he did you go to the polar bear plunge no at the polar bear plunge they're like whoever's flying that drone bring it down before we have to bring it down you know like oh good lord like Rehoboth has the ability to shoot down a drone why do they care about that because Space people helicopter th- no, because people think that if you – there's this group of people that believe that if you're flying a drone, that you're only flying it to fly it over their window and look in their house. And I'm like, why would anybody – let's see. I have the whole world to fly over, but I'm right. going to go look in your right. window. <laughs> you're not that interesting. Yeah, and you're not that important. Maybe to you you are, but not right. to anybody else. Right. But that's what people automatically think. People that are flying a drone are, are spying on people. And unfortunately, and even recently, you'll see these – I mean, you'll probably remember the guy that flew over the top of that 747 as it was taking off. I I, I haven't heard that particular story, but I've heard other stories that, that it's becoming a problem. Well, especially up in New York. I mean, they shut down the, the airport over right. here, I think, just like two weeks ago because of drones. Right, and then it cost some serious dollars when that happened. And I honestly, I don't really fly my drone that much anymore. I, I lost my good drone. That drone was so sweet. And I made the mistake... I don't know if you've ever tried to replace something with a cheaper version and just basically just disappointment. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what happened with I re, DJI is the leader, I think, in, in hobby drones. And they make, you know, all, you know, up to the Mavic Pro, the, the Phantom Pro, but then they make a mid, mid-range drone. And I tried to replace my high-end drone with a mid-range drone. Right. And it's just, it's not that good. This guy that you mentioned, is he uh, retired or what does he do? Rob? He has W Films. He was, he was a big. You probably know him. He shot all of Matt's commercials. He still does. He does all of Sodell's commercials. He's got beard, gray hair. Rob Waters. He's he's a super cool guy. Is he? Yeah, and he did. Um, I don't know if you ever saw a long time ago, but Matt was doing these series of. Um, did you ever see like when he was doing the ki- the cooking classes in his house? Yeah. Rob filmed those. Okay. Um, uh, the movie he shot where he played the I don't know do you remember the, the short movie he made with Scott DeKuyper I don't know he made a movie shot Rob shot that um, Rob did this series of kind of like hanging out with Matt kind of shooting just hanging out with him and but just filming it and him interacting with the guys at the at the when they were doing Catch 54 and and uh, he did it such a cl- such a cool way I was just fascinated. I'm like, when's the next one coming out? You know, because mm-hmm. Matt was just that kind of figure where yep. you just wanted to see what he was up to. Yep. And Rob presented it in a way that was like, you know, very cool. I was like, and I even told Rob, I wish you would have made more of those. Those are so, mm-hmm. they were fun to watch. So, yeah, those could be uh, definitely useful in what I do. Well, um, what about, um, you know, they said, I mean, they, there's so many kinds of cameras now. I mean, you can just put cameras anywhere. You put field cameras. Yeah. Um, the only thing with field cameras is is that uh, 
you need to go up and, and get the information from them. And uh, often you're on somebody else's property. Um, you'll get detected. You know, when people see a new vehicle in their development, they're very curious <laughs> oh, yeah. who you are, why you're there. You could set up a GoPro. The new GoPro 7. Yeah. Sweet. It's uh, You can set it up in time lapse. You can set it up in pictures of, uh, you know, series of pictures. You can set it up for nighttime. It's waterproof. I set it outside for, I do time lapses with clouds. And I just set it outside and leave it there all day. If it rains on it, it's all, you know, you can take it in the water. Right. In the ocean. It's a good little, I love that camera, but, you know, as to your point, yeah. If they saw you sticking it out in a tree, they would probably, mm -hmm. um, I had a guy uh, recently call me and threaten me. He thought I was, I, I, I was obviously parking by his house to surveil on somebody way up the street. And the guy who threatened me thought I was there to surveil him. And um, he was, he apparently didn't have a whole lot of uh, going on upstairs because he made no sense whatsoever. And, um, but, I, I did hear the threatened part, and I, I was uh, started carrying after that. Do you have? Do you run into problems like in that field? In that field, not because often you're um, pretty. Any time I see you, I know right away I see you. There's Gordon. There's <laughs> Gordon over there. I see Gordon. I mean, I, I you know. But when you're in a car, do you have to put like on a wig or you know no, go in disguise? Because I'm so far from my target that. I don't worry about that so much. I worry about the people that, just like him, that where I'm parking next to their house and they're wondering why I'm there. I don't mind. You know, a lot of them will, will come to my car and ask, you know, who I am and why I'm there. And I'm so far from my target, I will typically tell them I'm a private investigator. I'll show them my ID. And I, I've I've got this story made up where... I tell them I am investigating the um, local UPS guy because we have a problem with his deliveries. And typically, that's the end of the discussion. Good thing we don't have an audience yet because you just <laughs> divulged your secret. Well, you, you'll be surprised how many people don't even, uh, don't even pay attention. Well, and you know, the funny thing is when you're not up to anything. You don't care. Nobody cares. You don't care. You know, there's, you know... Um, we were, I don't know what we were watching, but this guy was like in a lot of trouble and, and he was supposedly, you know, on the good up and up, but he was hanging out with people that were in a lot of trouble. It's like, I mean, I, you know, I got, I got sober in 97 and, and 97, I really stopped hanging out with drunk people. Mm -hmm. I stopped hanging out in those kind of situations. Right. You know, now I don't know anybody on drugs. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, maybe a little bit, but I mean, I right. don't know like the people that that I used to run with on a daily basis. I don't have those kind of people in my life. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I can, I want to, do you want to talk about your window protections? Absolutely. Cause that, I think that is awesome. Um, and I thought, I mean, when we ran into each other at Starbucks and you were telling me all about it and I was checking it out, I was like, how can I get this on my car? <laughs> like I need bulletproof windows, but. Well, you never know. Um, back in, uh, 16, 2016, um, I was looking to supplement my business because, you know, I'd come back from Iraq 
and things were still tough. And I was trying to get my business up and running, and I'm like, I need something else besides investigations. So it just so happens that time period, a lot of cops were getting ambushed in their police cars. And um, I hooked up with this guy who connected you to um, franchises that suited you. And um, I looked into this security firm out of Canada and it was just good timing. So I invested in it and um, with my connections and my background, I thought it was a pretty good fit. Plus it's very effective and it's very cost effective. Um, compared to bulletproof glass, we're in two different universes. If I were to outfit your place here with bulletproof glass, I'd have to take your windows apart, take your windows out, replace it with the bulletproof glass, reframe it, and everything cost a lot. And uh, with my film, I can come in and retrofit, just leave it just the way it is, and put the film on the inside of the glass, and um, it works very well. Um, the idea is that you're not sitting on this side of the glass forever and a day, taking on endless amount of fire. Right. It's designed so that if you're on this side of the glass and somebody's on the outside posing a threat, they start shooting through the glass, um, you get alerted to it and you either fire back if you're, if you're armed or you get, you get lost. You run. Yeah, you run. So and, would you uh, fire back through the glass? Yeah, you can. It's the good thing about this film is it only works one way. Yes. Yeah, so so if, if you're on the inside firing out, yes, you're fine. But you can't fire from if you're the, on the outside, outside firing, firing in. in. It it will hold. It will stop about fifteen rounds. And that is plenty of time. Does it come in different levels, or is it one level fits all? Uh, no. I will look at your glass, see how thick it is, what kind of glass you have, mm -hmm. and depending on that, and depending on what you're trying to mitigate against, um, I will put multiple layers on. Okay. One layer will stop uh, small firearms shotgun. Two layers, you're talking about um, going up to AR-15, which is a 223 high velocity round. Uh, three layers, we're talking about bombs. <laughs> can you see through the window? <laughs> yeah, it's clear. Oh, it is? Is there a tinted version? It, there is a tinted version. A tinted. Um, but yeah, um, I, I typically sell 12 millimeter, um, or 12 mil rather. And um, yeah, you can see through it. I, I've got two layers on my side window mm -hmm. of my Jeep and one layer on the windshield. I have put two layers on a windshield um, with a local police department, but it does, the longer you're in the car, it does start to um, get you dizzy. Oh, really? So I've decided I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, I'm just going to go with one layer on the windshield, two layers, or two or three layers on the side windows, and let it be that. Does it, now, this stuff isn't... 
It's not real flexible, though, right? No. Yeah, because I was gonna say, I mean, you couldn't put it on. You know, I see this clear, these clear coating, clear bra, clear that they put on a car, and um, hey, can I call you back? Because I'm doing my podcast with Gordon. Are you? Can you bring me lunch? A helicopter company wanted us to put it on their uh, helicopters, but there's too much coverage going on there. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I was wondering. So you couldn't put it on, like, could you put it on a round windshield, like on my car? It's difficult. It's difficult, yeah. Um, it is very labor-intensive intensive because you've got to use a, uh, a heat gun. Uh, you've got to make it a little bit more pliable than what it is. It is a pain in the rear end. It, it worked well on my Jeep because the Jeep windshield was flat. Right. But other cars, it's a pain. So it wouldn't even, I, mean, I guess the reason I was thinking about that is like, could you put it on to protect from like rocks and stuff like that? But I, I don't know, it doesn't sound like it would even be worth it. There's a, uh, there's a film that we have that goes on the outside and I could use it for my Jeep because that's, that's the sixth windshield I've had on that Jeep. <laughs> a, if a rock looks at my windshield, my windshield cracks. Yep. So, uh, but I have yet to put it on there because it requires a, a whole new role just for that purpose. Yeah. And I, I don't have the the call for getting a whole new role. I agree. The um, the rolls aren't cheap. No, I'm sure they're not. The uh, and coming from uh, Canada, it's not cheap with with uh, shipment either. That's always been my biggest problem. There was a time in my life I thought if I had a Jeep, my life would be better. I'd have, like, better time, invited to the party. I don't know why, but I just pictured myself in a Jeep. Jeep's rock. The problem I always have with Jeeps is that, that windshield. Because I have, if one bug hits that windshield, I don't have to get out and clean it. You know, it's like I can't, I can't have dry bug guts on my windshield. <laughs> and that, those things, uh, you remember the F, was it the FJ Cruiser, the Toyota FJ yeah. Cruiser? It had that upright windshield too. Mm -hmm. And um, a friend of mine who owns another hair salon down in Rehoboth, he had one. And his windshield was always covered with bug guts. And mm -hmm. I was like, ugh, I could never do that. So, But I, I still love it. I mean, it's, it's been an awesome uh, car. And when I get rid of it, I'll get another one. You're a Jeep guy. Yep. Till you die. I'm done. I um so you would put that you could put that on on buildings though, right? Not just is that um, what it's mostly for? Is or on buildings. Um going back to cars for a second. Yeah. Um with police, the major number one threat is driver side side window. So if I could convince departments to at least if you don't do anything else, put it on driver's side, side window, that's better than nothing. Um, and also for delivery folks who go into bad neighborhoods, uh, who are susceptible to um, um, what's, what's the... Uh, carjacking. Carjacking. Thank Crime. You. Hoodlums. So it's kind of, kind of nice when, I'm, when I have my window up. I don't have to worry about somebody, you know, coming up to my window and pointing a gun at me. I'm like, sit there and laugh at him. <laughs> do, so do, I mean, do police have an issue with this stuff at the same time as, because if I, you know, 
if I've got that on my window, they're definitely not coming through it. Um, there's nothing they can say about it, to be honest with you. Um, right. You know, bad guys could conceivably buy it and put it on their cars. Uh, but I, I don't have a call for that. I've, I've considered uh, selling rolls to um, tenors, car tenors, and letting them worry about sales and prices and all of that. <clears throat> It'd be cool if you could incorporate it into like de delivery trucks before they even are sold. Yeah, I agree. Um, just the driver's side, you know, like panel vans and, you know, work vans, you know, if it's just that one left window was done and included in the price or something. Um, IG, I, I, I noticed some uh, county police cars at IG, and uh, I come to find out that they're going to IG and getting outfitted, and IG sending them across the street, the street to get... Um, uh, the, all the trim, the outside trim, the markings and all that. And then they're outfitting the inside of the car. So they're getting that market. I need to speak to IG and say, look, you know, you might want to sell this as an upcharge to uh, your police departments and that can be done in-house. So they're, they're fitting them out with like the sirens and the sp all the stuff in the police car? Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's that's something that I, I need to uh, to look into. It would be much easier if I could just sell the roll to uh, window tenors because a lot of window tenors also do residences and commercial buildings. Right. If I could just do that, that would take me out of the loop a little bit, and not I, I wouldn't have to work so hard trying to uh, go to each individual business and try to sell the um, the film to them. But, it's one of those things. It's like tough to get people to understand, or I would think it would be the, tough to until they need it, and then they can't get it quick enough. It's like the education <laughs> is the worst part, right? If I could, I, I have videos because I, I did a demonstration for uh, regional law enforcement. I did it at the uh, state police firing range up in Smyrna back in September of sixteen, and um, uh, departments and security agencies from all over the place came. And typically who the department sent were decision makers and SWAT team leaders. SWAT team leaders are not easily impressed. And when they shot a 223 round at our window, our protected window, and it didn't go through, these guys were impressed. Um, so if I could show people the video of that demonstration, it sells itself. And the cost, I mean, the, the, the cost is pretty darn affordable. Right. Um, you know, even if I didn't do the installation, if you did the side window, that's not hard. Right. It's not hard. And that's interesting that you can shoot out because there was that, uh, that live PD episode where the guy is chasing that guy and he starts shooting that's at right. him. Through the front windshield. That's right. I've seen that a couple times. I'm like, oh my God, is that allowed? <laughs> it's not advisable because you never know what's going to happen. And it's really, really freaking loud to shoot inside your car. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you got to do what you got to do. There, there was a guy, I, I was watching it last night where the bad guy had stolen a police car and he had a uh, AK-47. Mm. And he had already shot 
seven cops. Jeez. And um, so they were wanting to stop this guy bad, and the guy behind, the cop behind him, said, you know, I need to stop this. So he started shooting through his windshield. Well, you know, another thing is that a lot of these times, and I see it a lot on that show, is these these cops will get out of their car and they'll take cover behind their door. Right. And, and if the window is just a window. If the window is just a window and if the door is just a door, there's not a whole lot of protection there because the, the uh, bullet will come through that. Right. But the window, if it was treated, If the window is treated, um, they also have plates for your doors. But see, then you start getting into... Uh, once you start talking about plates in the doors, it it um, makes the car a lot heavier. No, right, I understand. And um, and it's a lot more expensive. But I'm even just saying. I mean, if you're standing in front of a door that has the window that's protected, I mean, you're. I mean, you're really kind of almost go- protecting your vital. Area. Right. Yeah. That's maybe right. you could get shot in the leg. That's and, right. And, you know, of course, we hope that never happens to anybody. Of course, but. If you had that like little shield around, or if you just put your head behind it, I mean, it's something. It's something. It's something that's better than. And it, it, you know, I, I remember back when I was in a patrol car. Um, even then, when cops weren't getting ambushed, it was in my mind to, because you got to do paperwork, um, and that, that is your office. So I would go to my parents' house often pull up into, the, into their drive because I knew it was safe. Right. And that's where I would do my paperwork. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a whole other world when you're a cop. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak for it because I've never been, but I can only imagine. You just, people say, well, you know, the reason cops hang out with cops is because they're the only ones that really understand what it's like to be a cop. That's right. You can't expect a guy that's not a cop to understand or sympathize or, right. you know, what goes on in the job. My friend Matt, he's a... Another Matt is a state police officer, and you know, Christine said, "Is he a nice guy?" I go, he's okay, but he's he is what he is he's because guarded. of what he does. He's guarded, probably right. if yeah. he's been on for a while. Yeah, and um, but I tell you what, I got a lot of respect for that guy. I got a, res- a lot of respect for anybody that does that, and you know, one of the other things too is that when you're a cop, the first thing people want to say to you is. I got a ticket, and I blah, 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 blah. And it's, you don't want to hear that stuff. You're off. You don't want to deal with tickets. You don't want to deal with the story. You don't want to have to f- try to fix a ticket. You know, once a ticket is written, you're not going to be fixing anybody's ticket. No, and I think, honestly, I feel like the world has become <clears throat> a lot more needy. Yeah. And cops have, I think... And I'm I just gathered this from watching it, but they, you know, they're having to deal with a lot of stupid stuff. They are. Because nobody can handle anything. Nobody can just sit down and try to work through a problem. They got to bring in a cop or they got to bring in right. some person of authority. You know, and you could sit there and, and not be able to figure something out and, and, and have somebody you don't even know come over and tell you the answer and, and okay. Thank you. It's like, really? That's right. because he's a cop and he said it or because yep. this is a public or a, an authority figure, it makes it okay? Yep. I'm like, you know, it's it's tough. It is. The crazy what, stuff that you're asked. What, what's, I mean, is, is that your thing? The, 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 the protection for the windows? You got something else going on? I mean. That's it. Um, the ballistic window is, is one thing. Anti-burglary is another um, and hurricane is another. Um, as far as the security aspect of the business, that's it. 
um, as far as the investigative aspect of the business, there are so many avenues where I feel like I am underused. I'll give you a, a, a case in point. A local um, hotel had a maintenance guy. This maintenance guy takes the company credit card, goes to Lowe's, and pretty much outfits his own shed. He spent about ten to thirteen thousand dollars and outfitted his own his own garage. So the manager of the hotel brings the guy in, fires him, and sends him on his way. So he fires the guy, and um, now your company's out ten to thirteen thousand bucks. Right. And you have no paperwork. You've you've sent him on to somebody else to be somebody else's problem. Given my background and how I'm used to leveraging, you know, when I'm talking to the bad guy, hey, talk to me, tell me what uh, you've done, try to get them to confess, and I would leverage time. I will talk to the prosecutor, try to lessen your time if you're honest with me and confess. So you're used to leveraging all the time. Mm-hmm. So the way I would have approached the thing was, um, if you want me to speak to your employer and possibly keep your job, whether I know that they're going to get fired or not, it's still I can still use it as a leverage. Right. Or if I can talk to your employer and keep them from calling the police and having you locked up in addition to losing your job, you see what I'm saying? It's yeah. more leverage. So what you're going to do is it's like gonna, almost like a, a a place between an attorney and absolutely. no attorney at all. Absolutely. So you're going to take me to your house. We're going to gather up every tool that you bought. We're going to bring back. We're going to bring it back here, and then I'm going to be able to discuss your employment, discuss whether that your employer is going to call the police or not. With these tools having been brought back, you stand in a lot better position if we can do that. So let's go get your tools right now, and we'll be able to have that conversation. What would you call that? What, what's would, it, what's it, what would that title be? Hire? Um, it would be as my, you would be hiring me as a private investigator to come in and investigate your employee theft. No, but I mean, you, you wouldn't them? hire me individually. You would just contract me out, just like everybody else does. I'm saying, how do how how would that message? Like, if I'm up, if I've done something like that, and I'm like thinking, okay, I need a lawyer, or I need a, like, I wouldn't think of that. I would think, you know, I need an attorney. That's what attorneys are. And a lot of times. Um, it's part of the education process is getting people to think first, you need me. Right. Because I have so much experience in the law, I can either, I'll talk to you about the whole situation. This is the opportunity, this is a, a, a possibility. We might go down the criminal route, call the police here, or we may just get the tools back, fire this guy, and send him on his way. There's well, and you could also be, you know, you could maybe be, that could be hired by like a Home Depot. Hey, why don't you try to get our tools back? 
Why don't you try getting our stuff back? I could be, you know, there's so many different avenues um, that I feel like I'm, I'm really underused. I tell you what, let's, let's wrap this one up. And we'll come back and, you know, uh, we'll see how this goes. And we'll come back and we'll talk on another another topic. Sounds great to me. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me here. All right, Gordon. Thanks, buddy. All right, bro. All right, man.